Okay, there we go. Whoa, feedback. This is ugly, Phil. Ugly. What are you waiting for? Do it! Triple M. I'm in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. For me, it was the philosophy has always been just walk with the music and see where it takes you. It was chaos all the time. The next thing with Green Day, you kind of didn't know what to do. I walk Let's get Trey Cool on the phone. We've always been there for each other. The one thing we've always had is a sense of this music being more important than anything else we will ever do. We didn't expect Dookie to do what it did. We can do anything we want after that song. I knew that we could. I really didn't give a about what anybody thought because it was such a bold statement. Hey, Trey, how are you, man? You dirty dog. How you doing, man? I'm sitting here licking my own balls as I speak. Well, check it out, Phil. I'm in Oslo, Norway. It's dark and uh, cold as f***. Yeah, I can imagine, man. We have what they called on the old Apple weather. They said it's uh, freezing drizzle. Oh, okay, so it's going to be rain that'll turn to snow when you go outside. Yeah, and it smacks you in the face, and it's very pleasant. You've got some nice weather to look forward to when you get back to Australia. I want to talk to you about Revolution Radio, which for me seems to... I mean, I know it wasn't part of a trilogy, because you did a trilogy, but for me it seemed like the third part of the American Idiot 21st Century Breakdown Revolution Radio trilogy, because they all kind of fit hand in hand. They bring you up to the moment of where Green Day is, but also where America and the world is right now sort of a bit of insight, although the songs were written kind of before the shit show of a political landscape that Americans have gotten themselves into, but kind of played out sadly in a way, but just kind of speaking the truth and playing our music yeah. as honestly as we can. You had the four-year break, which was unprecedented for Green Day. Now, up until that stage, I'm led to believe you guys used to rehearse six days a week, according to Billy. So would you feel that maybe you're making up for lost time now? I think it was good to take a break. It feels like really good to be on the road and we're energized and you know we're grateful. And these first six shows out here in Europe have been just mind-boggling, completely bonkers. And it's weird. It's like getting on a bike, you know. It's like you, you get back on the stage and you know, we've got a whole new group of songs to pull from. And our set list has never been better. Just killer. And we started in Italy, too. And the Italian fans are really passionate and uh, energetic. And do you feel during this four-year period leading up to that that you needed to have this break? Because you've been doing it for, you know, well over 30 years. I didn't really know how long of a break we needed. The break kind of continued <laughs> to carry on so it wasn't as if we said let's take a four-year break we just sort of took the time off we needed and then we needed a bit more and then other circumstances happened and we needed a bit more and then uh you know then the songs started coming out once the songs were getting written and, and recorded then we knew like okay we need to get this record out but it was nice though i, I recommend uh, a band that's been around for nearly 30 years to take four years off <laughs>
Do you think that, you know, the current climate politically is an interesting time for a band like Green Day? I don't think that we're really trying to be a voice for any movement as much as we're trying to be a safe haven for uh, people who might feel displaced or feel like weirdos or outcasts. Like, we we do ourselves, so we've always been sort of on the outside looking in, like we're a little too uh, poppy to be completely accepted from the punk scene in, in the old days, and we're a little too punky to be accepted by the pop f***ers, so, yeah. you know, we're always kind of the outsiders and the underdogs and I always root for the underdogs anyway so we just want to have a nice safe place for people to come and you know just let your freak flag fly and enjoy yourself forget about all the bullshit for a couple hours hey Trey I'm looking forward to seeing this documentary that you guys have been working on turn it around the story of East Bay Punk because there's some of my favorite bands apart from yourself involved in this uh, Rancid No Effects as well Davey from AFI and Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys have you got a favorite band yourself from that particular period Oh, well, that'd have to be the Bee Gees. Yeah, I like them too, man. They were doing some radical shit. <laughs> what a great time for punk, Circle Jerk, stuff like that. There was so much great stuff around. Yeah, Circle Jerks. I like that you mentioned them. Group Sex is one of the best punk albums ever. Yeah, and the Germs as well. There's another fantastic band. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, get some Operation Ivy, get some Isocracy, some Crimp Shrine, some Filth. No means no. I see as well that you were with the latest albums that you're going to bring back, the 30 studio albums, you're actually releasing them on cassette as well because there are people out there who wouldn't have a clue what a cassette is and they wouldn't know how a pencil fits into that equation. <laughs> yeah, the cassettes are great. I got a cassette deck in my car again. I felt it was time. So and I started going around and getting some old 60s and 70s cassettes and some 80s cassettes. And uh, then I started trying to digging around my old stuff and, and getting some mixtapes out. Cassettes never skip, no matter how erratically you drive or how crappy the roads are. As long as you don't ever have to open one of them up with that tiny screwdriver, because as soon as you get in there and you've got that little bit of foam shit on the bit of metal, and where the hell does that go? It just yeah. seems to float there. Guys like you and I, we have got too short of attention span to, to follow through on something <laughs> like that. Right, we could take stuff apart and never expect us to put it back together. That's fucking NASA stuff right there, man. <laughs> so you did a Rolling Stones song, I noticed. You did a cover on this tour. And you also, I believe, ran into Charlie Watts once upon a time to ask his advice. Did he offer anything helpful to you? Oh, yeah, man. He's no spring chicken. And yeah. I asked him, like, how he can play drums and keep continuing at his age, at his velocity. He was telling me about some powder that he takes, glucosamine and all this stuff. And I instantly was thinking, maybe he's on to something. And then and I was just like, holy shit, I'm talking to Charlie Watts. Yeah. I'm sure he told me some really, like, awesome stuff. When Charlie Watts is telling you stuff, all you can think of is, like, good God, that's Charlie Watts. Hey, I noticed as well that you incorporated a bit of George Michael's Careless Whisper uh, into the show as well. At the latter part of last year, of course, he passed away. But last year was a terrible year for some of the big deaths that we had. Was there any one in particular that really affected you from the people that passed away last year? We started doing that Careless Whisper bit before George's untimely passing. And it just seemed fitting to keep on with it now that he's gone. And people love it. You can hear a whole crowd sort of singing along saxophone line, which is, I've never heard that before. Na, 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 na. You know, you got 18,000 people singing na, 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 na. That's great. This is Trey Cool from Green Day, and you're listening to the filthiest of Phil's.
on Triple M. Trey, last time you were here, you did really big shows. I mean, like, the length of them was amazing, and you had about 29, 30 songs in the set. That's still happening? Yeah, we played for just about two and a half hours last night in Prague, Czech Republic. It was killer. We keep mixing it up, and we really don't even know what we're doing that night. Uh, we have our, like, basic set list, but then we'll kind of change stuff up and actually uh, did a little singing last night and dancing, and my leg kicks are on point. Yeah. We're ready to bring it over there. What is it? Mace 2, it's just, that's going to be awesome. And, like, two shows in Melbourne, that's going to be amazing. We always do the best shows last. We're going to rename the entire month Green May for you, so, you know, you'll have a whole month of your own here in Australia. Okay. Well, I'm not going to argue with you. And also, you did when you were last year, you did a couple of clandestine gigs as well. You did one in Sydney, which just kind of popped out of nowhere. I know that these things are Mm -hmm. unplanned, but is there a possibility that you might do something like that? I can't say. I don't know. (laughs) If we got a wild hair up our ass. You know, they actually literally happen the night of. We'll be sitting around, like, looking at each other saying, you know, let's do something to combat jet lag. Let's go play on somebody's equipment. It's not like something that we've ever planned. It just sort of happens. We see gear, we jump on stage, and we nick somebody else's crowd. It's just how we do it. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, buddy. Okay, we'll keep rocking. We'll see you in Australia. You may find this a bit disturbing. He held me. Go! No!